I was reading over today's gospel, and there were a few things that stood out. Actually, I must say that in the beginning of when I started reading through it, I was dry as a bone. But as I persisted to read over it again and again, uh, there was one verse in particular that stood out to me. And let me read it again to you. He then opened their minds to understand the scriptures. That was it. I mean, it's a short little verse, but it really did stand out to me. And, you know, I've read this passage many times. So I was looking for something new. And this point isn't new, but it is new to me right now. Because he does come and open up our minds. Note that it was... Not that they understood the scriptures of their own power. It was the spirit that opened up their minds. Opened up their minds to understand how much we need that in a world that is so chaotic. How much we need that in our lives that are often filled with suffering. Often with so many things going on that there is confusion. In a world where we have doubts how badly we need that. We need to have our minds opened to the scriptures because it's in the scriptures that we find the food of our faith as expression of the founder of my congregation that the food of our faith is sacred scriptures. It's true. I mean, every time that you doubt, ask yourselves if you've really studied scripture recently. Meaning, have you really prayed to the Spirit that He might speak to you through Scriptures? Have you read? Have you eaten? Have you eaten of the food of Scripture? That really stood out to me, that one little verse. But then, you know, when I was reading through it again and again after that, I realized that that Scripture is opening up for me the entire passage. This entire passage is quite impressive because in that point that I just shared with you, that point where Jesus opens up the minds of the apostles is surrounded by other points. The first point, the point that came before that, is also very, very powerful because Jesus doesn't come and open up their minds to Scripture right away. It's not the first thing he does. In this passage, it seems like it's the second thing he does. The first thing he does is he appears to them when they're afraid and they're worried. They have anxiety. They are scared of suffering Um, they're scared of persecution, he appears to them. And what does he do? What does he do? Well, he says to them, peace be with you. And he gives them his spirit. He touches immediately their heart. And in the midst of the chaos of their life, he says, I am resurrected. I am alive. I have risen. And he says, if you doubt, look at my hands, look at my side. If you doubt it, look at my wounds and find in them that I am real. And it was I who was crucified. It is I who died. It is I who have risen. And in doing that, he touches, first of all, his disciples' hearts, giving them the stability in him. Their heart finds root in him. And that is the food of their heart, 
the food of their heart is not, first of all, the word. The food of their heart is, first of all, going to be him. I can remember many times in my life that that has rung so true, whether it be encountering Jesus' presence in the Eucharist, or it be encountering him who loves me so much in prayer. It was encountering him that gives us that peace, the peace of heart. And that, I think, is the first thing. It's almost like these giving us stages in this passage. It really kind of blew my mind when I saw that because, I, I mean, I just, I'm sure many people have discovered it, but when I was reading through this, I just saw it naturally there. It's like that first stage, Jesus comes and he touches our heart. And he touches our heart by showing us the reality of his presence, that he is God and he is alive. The second point is, let us go deeper so that our mind might be at the service of our heart. Let us go deeper. Let's delve into scriptures. Now, after the previous Mass that I had said, uh, a man came up to me and and we were talking and uh, it occurred to me that I really need to emphasize too that there's a lot of chance of error (laughs) <laughs> when reading scripture. And we really need to li- read scripture in the light of the saints and the way that the scripture has been read in the heart of the saints throughout history and not read it outside of the heart of the saints. We define, we name that as reading in the heart of tradition. Big T tradition is where the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit moves in the heart of the saints throughout time. And in reading scripture, in the light of tradition, we place again our mind at the service of our heart so that we might be all come back and say, I believe, Lord, that you are here. I believe that you are alive. Helps us to deepen ourselves in his presence. But I still have one more point, because when I was reading through it at the very end, it struck me that he doesn't leave us just with this deepening. He sends us out. He sends us out into the world. And in sending us out into the world, he's saying, go out to all the nations and proclaim the good news. And I realized that, you know, the word, it passes from our heart. And yes, it passes into our head. But it also has to pass into our hands. It always surprises me how easily we're petrified to even make a sign of the cross at McDonald's when we want to say grace. And, you know... This is what I do. It's who I am. I am Catholic. I am Christ. I am given. So why am I afraid to make a sign of the cross in public? It's not like I'm telling people you have to become my Catholic or something. You have to enter into my religion. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Christ lives in me and therefore he also lives in my hand. (laughs) You know, it's like I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm Catholic. I'm just going to be. And if people can't accept me the way I am then that's their problem, really. Because I shouldn't be afraid to show that I have found the good news in Jesus Christ. And so we shouldn't be afraid to reach out in public. You know, the fathers of the church and then, oh, I mean, even the recent popes too, have said that evangelization is an essential element of the church. Meaning that without it, the church is not the church. Meaning a parish that is not evangelizing is a parish that's dead. A parish that doesn't go to this third stage of reaching out to others. It's dead. A person who 
is just staying up in the upper room and still so afraid that he can't even speak about Christ. You know, you can't even say that, oh, I was excited because my nephew was baptized the other day to his colleagues at work. When you can't even say that, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And so evangelization is not the other extreme either. It's not, it's neither um, not saying anything and just praying, nor is it Bible bashing, you know, forcing people to come into our uh, way of thinking or something. But it's speaking about the presence of God, for he is alive. It's living of the presence of God and letting it show in my hands, letting it show in my mouth, <laughs> you know, letting it show in my feet as I walk, in the way I dress. It's living of it to the full. And so he walks us through those three stages. And, you know, in my life, I, if I sit down and say, which stage am I at? Um, I could probably tell you that I am probably at all three you know, but in reality, though we are all at all three of those points at all times, um, we emphasize more one than the other usually, and uh, we're more in need of one than the other. But let us pray. Let us pray that our church, our lives, ourselves first and foremost, because we preach above all to ourselves, that we might be able to live of this, that we might not be afraid to talk about the gospel, that we may not be afraid to live of his word, of his life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.